0: Mashiach now. This week is Shah Vayigash. And I want to give a special shout out to the Avenger Zolon. May he live and be well. May he be blessed with a new year of life and fruitful, prosperous, successful, intensely illuminated with, according to his measure of ability to receive that illumination, without shattering any vessels. And I pray that Hashem will bless him with a wife, that they can both be brought underneath the chuppah, and that they can have a beautiful household to receive the face of Mashiach through. Can you hear our tone? Zolan, lots of love to you, bro. So, I wanted to read from Legends of the Jews, This week, it gets real in the Torah. There is the ultimate showdown, if you will. This is like Stone Cold versus The Rock. This is like Captain America versus Iron Man. This is like Hulk versus Thor, Superman versus Batman, however you want to put it. This is the big deal Optimus Prime versus Megatron, even though. It's not really a bad guy in this case, but just for what it's worth, just the big archetypal major head-to-head combat. Joseph and Judah. So these are two of the 12 sons of Yaakov, and they are both kings. They are both mighty warriors. They are both pictures of the Mashiach. If you have what is known as the Orchard of Delights by Rabbi Trugman Shliṭa. You can read about this, read about Judah and Joseph. The two uh, pictures, uh, one is the Zadik and one is the Baal Shuvah. Uh One is the Mashiach ben Yosef and the other is the Mashiach ben David. And you just have these beautiful pictures here of the, the ultimate reconciliation. There's also the Haftarah, which is a passage from the prophets that brings down the stick of Yosef will be put together in the hand of Hashem with the stick of Yehuda, and these two will be joined together. And this is how we're to understand the, the two Mashiachs being one. They could be two people. They could be one person. But we'll know as it plays out. Again, we've seen throughout the history many Mashiach ben Yosef figures. Moshe Rabbeinu, we've seen Yehoshua ben Nun, we've seen Esther HaMalka, we've seen Yonah HaNavi, we've seen this before, you know, and obviously Yeshua HaNotri is also a Mashiach Ben Yosef, and as far as the knowledge that we have, you know, a small group of us who are uh, finding out about each other, uh, finding out more people have come to this understanding as well, we're not the first ones, especially over the centuries, there have been many who've come to the conclusion that Yeshua, aka people call him Jesus, or all sorts of other names, but yeah, that guy. (laughs) That creates a lot of controversy. Uh, Everybody thinks he's born on the 25th and all that. Uh, Well, not everybody, because obviously there's so many different opinions of when he was born. Not getting into that. But as it is, uh, there's a lot of coming to the understanding that he is the Mashiach bin Yosef. And again, there have been a lot of uh, connections that you can make to that. There's a lot of disconnections you can make to that. So not really anything to get caught up on. But what I like to encourage people is, what did he say? What did he teach? What did he show us to do? Because if you think about it, everything that he stood for was about the oneness of Hashem, drinking from the sages, following the rabbis, like, Hashem Echad, like, that's it, you know, Hashem is one, there is no other besides Hashem, but we could talk about that forever, right? So, why is this important? Because there's things that happen in order for us to know, like, Mashiach is here. This is why we can understand that when we talk about Believing in the coming of the Mashiach, why that's so important is because some of the things that are supposed to happen when he shows up, they have not occurred yet. So we're still waiting for him. We're still waiting for that. You know, and we're supposed to do our part as well in manifesting those events. We should be gathering in exiles. We should be building the temple. We should be fighting the wars of Hashem. We don't just kick back and and put our feet up, you know, like the righteous have no rest in this world or in the world to come. That's totally a thing. So, (laughs) you know, uh, but anyway, it's just really cool when you see the, the level of power and ability that Judah and Joseph display. So I want to read from legends of the Jews. And again, you know, you can see how it's important to understand how how powerful, you know, Hashem has made his people. You know, when we really grab a hold of Hashem, he gives us superpowers and we need to use them, we need to flex them, you know. There's this thing called a no flex zone. Well, flexing being the whole thing of, you know, what's your talent, what's your gift, what's your ability, what's your potential, what's your mission, what's your purpose. What are you good at? What do you want to do? What are you fired up about? You know, what kind of impact do you want to have in the world? That, that's your flex. You need to flex. Everybody needs to flex. And we need to flex together. We need to flex in unity. And we need to flex for the benefit of others. Not for the benefit of ourselves. There's nothing, I use this term cold, like amazing, sick, incredible, outstanding, Amazing over the top off the hook, whatever you're off the chain. There's nothing more cool than when a person can do something that elevates somebody else. Like what when I see stuff like that, I'm just like, oh my gosh. For instance, just a few episodes ago, I posted a guy named Connor Price. He one of his songs is attached to the podcast. And I want to shout him out because may Hashem give him success, lots of blessings to him, his wife, and his family. And yeah, man, I hope he takes over the world and and does it like an amazing way. He has this thing called the Spin the Globe Challenge. And what he does, he's a rapper, songwriter, actor, dancer, producer, like all of it. He's amazing. He spins the globe and he's like, Wherever my finger lands, I'm gonna find an artist in that area, and I'm gonna collaborate with them. We're gonna make a song, and we're gonna do it. Well, he's done this a lot now. One of the guys he collaborated with, like all of his stats, like skyrocketed. And not only was the song amazing, but now everybody's following this other artist as well. And the two guys here, the collaboration was just dope. That is the kind of stuff that's like. If we had a world full of that, how amazing would that be? You know, someone who's amazing at making wine, another person who kills it with the smoker, and they throw a big shindig where they have smoked brisket and some of the best homemade wine get together. I mean, what what are we talking about? Like, that's crazy, you know? People who paint, people who dance, have a big extravaganza art gallery, and then you have dancers throughout the art gallery killing it. People who play classical music in the background killing it. I mean, come on, man. Can you see this? This is incredible. So this is what Yosef and Yehuda lead the brothers in doing. Yosef's got his crew. He's got his two sons, which, by the way, Ephraim and Manasseh they are just as legit. <laughs> so it was totally like three versus 10. And it was just like, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this. You know, meanwhile, Benjamin, one of the 10 is like, guys, I'm not here to fight. Like, I don't even know what y'all are talking about. Or one of the 11. God, so we got 11 and three. It's a lot of, a lot of sons. But anyway, uh, so yeah, all of this is going on. And there's this unification that happens and the whole family gets brought down. It's so beautiful. Egypt's celebrating along with them. Joseph's back with his dad. All this good stuff is going on and the world's famine ends. It's like, that's it. And so this is like a picture of the Geula, the, the, the redemption when it's completed we're in the Geula now, the Geula is happening, like all of the prophecies are coming true, slowly but surely, Bezrat Hashem, speed it up, Ken Yi Rato. but um, yeah, so we see a picture of what that looks like here just as a, a little precursor to, because I mean, ultimately they're supposed to have the whole family together, in there it's Israel, the temple, Yerushalayim all of that beautifulness, but it happened in Egypt, and that, again, it's just a microcosm of a future uh, thing that is to occur. So I just want to read this story and uh, just kind of give commentary as I go along. But it's a few pages, so let's buckle up for safety, lock in, arms inside the vehicle, face mask on, and let's go. Legends of the Jews, Volume 2. Judah pleads and threatens Joseph dismissed his brethren and carried Benjamin off by main force and locked him up in a chamber. First mistake right there. (laughs) The one thing that it was like, don't let anything happen to this guy. Like all 10 brothers were told, don't let anything happen to Benjamin. And what happens to Benjamin? He gets taken. He gets locked up and put away, it's just like, okay, you know, it's about to be on, that worked before with Yosef, because we didn't get it, but now we get it, and now we're not going to play this game, <laughs> so, but Judah broke the door open, and stood before Yosef, with his brother, he was like, boom, this is Yerushalayim, Right. So he goes in there and he's got his brothers backing him up. He's like, boy, it's on. You done messed up now. He determined to use in turn the three means of liberating Benjamin at his disposal. He was prepared to convince Yosef by argument or move him by entreaties or resort to force in order to accomplish his end remember when this happened, when Yaakov was preparing to meet his brother Esav back in Barshav by Islak, he's like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do if I see my brother and he's ready to fight, or if I see my brother and he's ready for peace, like, I don't know, like, this is too much uncertainty, and I'm scared of what I might do, you know, (laughs) so he's just like, split my family up in the camps, I'm going to send some gifts ahead of me. I'm going to send some messengers and be like, hey, what's up? Are you for peace or are you for war? Because you don't want to do that. You know, all these different things. He had this multi-fold strategy and he was so ready to just butter up Esav and be like, bro, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you. Yeah, I love you. You're amazing. You're incredible. All these things. Well, Yehuda is doing the same thing to Yosef. Doesn't know that it's Yosef, but he's taking that same approach so when you really want to talk about i and my father are one and how can you say show me the father (laughs) when you've seen me like if you've seen me you've seen the father kind of thing like yehuda's showing this like i can be just like Yaakov. so anyway so it says he was ready to do this to accomplish his end He spake, You do a wrong unto us. You did say, I fear God. You showed yourself to be like Pharaoh, who has no fear of God. The judgments which you pronounce are not in accordance with our laws, nor are they in accordance with the laws of the nations. According to our law, a thief must pay double the value of what he has stolen. Only if he has no money, he is sold into slavery. But if he has the money, he makes double restitution. And according to the law of the nations, the thief is deprived of all he owns. Do so, but let him go free. So there's option number one. Lawyer Yehuda didn't freak out because, you know, uh, She-Hulk is apparently like a lawyer and she just, she's like, I'm not going to Hulk out on people. I'll fight through the law and justice and I'll handle it that way. So there's Yehuda giving it the good old honest, like, yep, let's match it up, brother. Where's your integrity? What you got? If a man buys a slave, And then discovers him to be a thief, the transaction is void. Yet you desire to make one a slave whom you charge with being a thief. I suspect you wanting to keep him in your power for illicit purposes. So that hit a little close to home because it's just like, yeah, I know what Egypt's like. And y'all do these weird pedophilic things. And Benjamin's a young man he looks like Rachel, so he probably looks like Joseph. and I've seen what y'all do to pretty people around here, and you're not going to do that to our brother, and don't even, that's gross, that's disgusting, that's sus, it's just not even right, it's like all these kinds of things, and in this lustfulness, you resemble Pharaoh, now remember Potiphar, bought Yosef, because he thought Yosef was cute. There's also a Midrash that talks about why did Potiphar become Potiphar, it's because he tried to do some things to Yosef, and Hashem was not having that. So, if Potiphar, who is under the the Pharaoh, did that, how much more Pharaoh? Like, this is the kind of stuff that goes on in Egypt. It's very, very gross, very <laughs> disgusting, very disturbing. Anyway, so Yosef, let go of Benjamin. Don't do that. <laughs> also, you are like Pharaoh in that you make a promise and you don't keep it. Yehuda ain't playing no games, he's not pulling any punches. You said unto your servants, Bring your youngest brother down unto me that I might set my eyes upon him. Do you call this setting? your eyes upon him. Do you call this setting your eyes upon him? This how you set your eyes upon him? If you did desire nothing besides a slave, then would you surely accept our offer to serve you as bondsman instead of Benyami? Reuben is older than he, and I succeed, and I exceed him in strength. It cannot be as I say. Or it cannot but be, as I say, that you have a lustful purpose in mind with our brother. Now, this is crazy because the brothers were looking for Yosef in the marketplace of the harlots just three days ago. So, like, they were looking for Yosef over there, thinking Yosef was over there. So now when they meet this Viceroy guy, they're like, this is the same kind of environment. Like, so now you want to do the to Benyami what you probably did to Yosef that's crazy so therefore let these words of mine which I'm about to speak find entrance into your heart so here's Yehuda preaching peace to Yosef as it were I don't want to fight you but I will but before I do I must apologize you know kind of like Sarah from the matrix (laughs) he's like I can take you to the oracle but first I must apologize apologize for what? For this, and he starts like fighting. <laughs> anyway, uh, so it says, For the sake of the grandmother of this lad, were Pharaoh and his house stricken with sore plagues. Remember that one time that Sarah, when her and Abraham went down to Mitzrayim, and Pharaoh was like, Ooh, Sarah, cute. I like her. And Abraham was like, Yeah, that's my sister anyway. And then Pharaoh was like, Let me holler at you. And then Hashem was like, 10 plagues in one night, you know, the whole 10 plagues of Egypt from the book of Exodus happened in one night, specifically the plague of boils, but there's a lot more that goes with that. And so that was happening. So Yehuda's like, listen, you do, do you really want to repeat the past? Do you want to do that right now? Cause, uh, that can happen. It says, because he detained her in his palace a single night against her will, His mother died a premature death by reason of a curse, which his father uttered in in inconsiderate haste. So now, there's this power to kill through speech that happens through Yaakov. So you don't want Yaakov to be saying, whoever took my son, Benyami, may his life be taken from him. Do you really want that on you? I don't think so. So then... It says, Take heed then that this man's curse strike you and or strike you not and slay you. So, try to avoid that, is what he's saying. Two of us destroyed the whole city on account of one woman. He's bringing up the Shechem incident, which by the way, Yosef was with the brothers when he saw this. So, it's just kind of like, Yosef, remember all this stuff? (laughs) So, but Yosef's keeping it cool. He's playing in front. Like, he's just like, I know all these guys. Like, what are you talking about? Anyway, how much more would we do it for the sake of a man? And that man, the beloved of Hashem, in whose allotment is, or it is appointed that God shall dwell. The temple is going to dwell in the territory of Benjamin. Part of it, anyway. So I don't think you really want to do this, Yosef, Viceroy. They're calling him Viceroy. They don't even know him as Joseph. They think he's an Egyptian. They don't think he can even understand Hebrew. So that's something. If I but utter a sound, death-dealing pestilence will stalk through the land as far as No. There's a place called No in Mitzrayim and uh Yehuda's basically saying if I make a sound I can there's a a Avenger character named Black Bolt he opens his mouth it shatters skyscrapers and all sorts of stuff Yehuda's talking like that if you've seen the Doctor Strange 2 movie Mr. Fantastic goes Black Bolt can destroy you with a single sound from his mouth and then the movie goes ballistic after that but anyway. Yehuda had that ability, and he says, in this land, Paro is the first, and you are the second after him, but in our land, my father is the first, and I am the second. If you will not comply with our demand, I will draw my sword and hew you down first, and then Paro. When Yehuda gave utterance to this threat, Yosef made a sign, like a little hand signet, Uh, hand gesture and Manasha stamped his foot on the ground so that the whole palace shook so Manasha is yosef's firstborn so he don't play no games so yosef was like all right gives the look Manasha's like flex so he flexes and it says judah said only one belonging to our family can stump like this And intimidated by this display of great strength, he moderated his tone and manner. He's like, okay, well, from the very beginning, he continued to speak. You did resort to all sorts of pretexts in order to embarrass us. Not to mention they embarrassed Joseph, you know, kind of stripping a young man naked and throwing him into a pit in public, plain sight. That's that's embarrassing. Same thing happened to Yeshua, by the way, they stripped him in public and they beat him and hung him up on a tree post. That's embarrassing as well as painful and very cruel. So it says the inhabitants of many countries came down into trying to buy corn, but none of them did you ask questions about their family relations. What's up, Yosef? Are you being prejudiced? I mean, are we having this conversation right now? So, in sooth, we did not come here to seek your daughter in marriage or, per adventure, you desire an alliance with our sister. Nevertheless, we give an answer unto all your questions. Yosef replied, verily I say unto you, sorry, it just says verily, it just... Slip of the tongue there, just thinking about Yosef and Yeshua. But anyway, verily, you ca- you can talk gleebly. Is there another babbler like you among your brethren? In other words, Yosef is like, okay, Yehuda, you got some quips like Iron Man. You know, Tony Stark is quick with it. Deadpool, same thing. Yehuda has that ability. He's quick with it is like okay man you talk a lot you you got some okay he says why do you speak so much while your brethren that are older than you Reuben Shimon and Levi why they standing by silent what's up with that you're the fourth born uh what Yehuda says none of my brethren has so much at stake as I have if Benyamin returns not to his father, I was a surety, like a guarantor, which, by the way, is Mishkan. Mishkan also means collateral. This is what uh, Yehuda is saying. I am like a Mishkan for Benyamin. That's powerful to think about that. But anyway, um, I was a surety to my father for him, saying, if I bring him not unto you and set him before you, then let me bear the blame forever in this world and in the world to come. My olam haba is at stake. My eternity is at stake, as well as my life in this world. So I'm laying it all on the line, which if you think about when Yeshua says, take this cup from me, and then he goes, well, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Couple that with Shaul HaShliak, Paul the Apostle, who says, I wish that I could give up my salvation, my eternity, for the sake of bringing my brothers to the truth. This is the kind of self-sacrifice that we're talking about. Which, by the way, Shaul is a descendant of Benyamin. That's crazy. So, going on to say... The other brethren withheld themselves intentionally from taking part in the dispute between Yehuda and Yosef, saying, Kings are carrying on a dispute, and it is not seemly for us to interfere with them. Even the angels descended from heaven to be spectators of the combat between Yosef the bull and Yehuda the lion. Now, this just hit me like a lightning bolt. Uh, there's this thing known as the Leviathan and the Behemoth. And these represent the two Zodikim, the Hidden and the Revealed zodiac. And they're going to have this big, big battle. And it's going to be a big contest that the righteous will be spectators for. Angels will get in there and fight with them. And then ultimately, Hashem is going to do his thing. And then the Leviathan will slaughter the Behemoth with its fins, and then the behemoth will slaughter the leviathan with its its horns, so they're both going to come to this uh, double KO, if you will, but there's a big spectating event that's going on, so we have here a picture like the leviathan and the behemoth fighting each other with Yehuda and Yosef, which by the way, Yehuda is likened to a lion, and Yosef is likened to an ox, so the big battle here is going on. And the brothers are just like what Yosef's sons are standing by, like, whatever you say, dad, we're going to do it. So just say the word. So then it says, even angels ascended from heaven to earth to be spectators of the combat between Yosef, the bull and Yehuda, the lion. And they said it lies in the natural course of things that the bull should fear the lion. But here the two are engaged in equal furious combat. In reply to Huda, when he explained that this great interest in Benjamin's safety was due to a pledge he had given his father, Yosef spoke, Why was you why were you not a surety for your other brother when you sold him for twenty pieces of silver? Then you did not regard the sorrow that was inflicted upon your father, but you did say a wild beast has devoured him. Wow. A wild beast has devoured Yosef. And yet Yosef had done no evil while this Benjamin has committed theft. Therefore, go up and say to your father, the rope has followed after the water bucket. So that's intense, and it says these words had such an effect upon Yehuda that he broke out in sobs and cried aloud, How shall I go up to my father and the lad be not with me? His outcry reached to a distance of 400 parasangs. And when Hushim, the son of Dan, heard it in Canaan, he jumped into Egypt with a single leap and joined his voice with Yehuda's. Now, listen, the nation of Israel, the original specs, if you will, is considered to be 400 parasangs by 400 parasangs. So the voice of Yehuda stretches and spans the entire area of the supposed to be landmass of Israel. I mean, what? And then Hushim was like, oh, I'm going to jump down to Mitzrayim from Canaan real quick. <laughs> it says the whole land was on the point of collapsing from the great noise they produce. Yosef's valiant men lost their teeth. The 70 mighty men that Yosef had with him to go get the brothers, they lost their teeth. And the cities of Ptom and Ramses were destroyed. Okay, you learn about Patom and Ramses as we're getting ready to leave mitzrayim so that was the thing somehow they got rebuilt and it says they remained in ruins until the israelites built them up oh here it is under the taskmasters that's where we were building we're building up these cities that got destroyed during the fight between Yehuda and yosef also Yehuda's brethren who had kept quiet to that moment fell into a rage and stumped on the ground with their feet until it looked as though deep furrows have been torn in it by plowshare. And Yehuda addressed his brethren Be brave, demean yourselves as men. Let each one of you show his hero- heroism, for the circumstances demand that we do our best. In other words, he says, Avengers, assemble. Then they resolved to destroy Mitzrayim, the city of Egypt. And Yehuda said, I will raise my voice and with it destroy Mitzrayim. Reuben says, I will raise my arm and I will crush it out of existence. Shimon said, I raise my hand and lay waste to its palaces. Levi said, I will draw my sword because, you know, he's a Levite, Shokit, ninja. I will draw my sword and slay the inhabitants of Mitzrayim. Issachar, I will make the land like Sodom. Because a lot happened to Sodom. Zebulun, following after Issachar, was like, well, I'm going to do the land like (laughs) Gomorrah. You know how Issachar and Zebulun are like wonder twins. They're paired up all the time. So Sodom and Gomorrah, Issachar and Zebulun. Dan says, I will reduce it to a desert. (laughs) Then Yehuda's towering rage began to show signs of breaking out. His right eye shed tears of blood. The hair above his heart grew so stiff that it pierced and rent the five garments in which he was clothed. And he took brass rods, bit them with his teeth, and spat them out as fine powder. Then, or When Yosef observed these signs, fear befell him, and in order to show that he too was a man of extraordinary strength, he pushed With his foot against the marble pedestal upon which he sat, and it broke into splinters. Yehuda exclaimed, This one is a hero equal to myself. Then he tried to draw his sword from its scabbard in order to slay Yosef, but the weapon could not be made to budge. And Yehuda was convinced thereby that his adversary was a God fearing man. And when, or, and he addressed himself to the task of begging him to let Benyamin go free, but he remained inexorable. Then Yehuda said, What shall we say unto our father when we see that our brother is not with us, and he will grieve over him? Yosef says, Say that the rope is followed after the water bucket. Yehuda says, You are a king. Why do you speak in this wise, counseling, falsehood? Woe unto the king that is like you. Yosef said, is there a greater falsehood than you spoke concerning your brother Yosef, whom you sold to the Midianites for 20 pieces of silver, telling your father an evil beast has devoured him? Yehuda says, the fire of Shechem burns in my heart. Now I will burn all your land with fire. Yosef says, surely the fire that kindled to burn Tamar, your daughter-in-law, who who." did kill your sons will extinguish the fire of Shechem. So in other words, uh, since you're so hyped, well, what about the fire that you were about to kill your uh, daughter-in-law and sons with? Yehuda says, if I pluck out a single hair from my body, I will fill the whole of Mitzrayim with its blood. Yosef says, such it's Such is it your custom to do. Thus you did unto your brother whom you sold, when you dipped his coat in blood, brought it to your father, and said, An evil beast has devoured him, and here is his blood. When Yehuda heard this, he was exceedingly wroth, and he took a stone weighing four hundred shekels that was before him, and cast it toward heaven with one hand, caught it with his left, then sat on it, and the stone turned into dust. And the command of Yosef, or at the command of Yosef, Manasseh did likewise with another stone. And Yosef said to Yehuda, Strength has not been given to you alone. We are also powerful men. Why then will you boast before us? Then Yehuda sent Naphtali, the, speed, the speedy man, the flash he, uh, he sent Naphtali forth, saying, Go and count all the streets of the city of Mitzrayim. Come and tell me the number. But Shimon interposed, saying, Let not this thing trouble you. I will go to the mount and take up one huge stone from the mountain and throw it over the whole of Mitzrayim, the city of Egypt, and kill all therein. Now, later... We read about Og, who's a giant. He picked up this huge mountain that was the size of the campments of the nation of Israel. We were traveling through the wilderness. He was wanting to cast that stone at the camp so that that whole stone would cover the camp and kill everybody. And Hashem caused ants to eat through this mountain and it fell on Og's head and became like this... uh, this little trap and then Hashem caused his teeth to grow out and then he fell over and he was trapped like that so seeing this whole thing about a stone that's the size of a a habitated place like that that's also multiple times in the Torah so is the sun standing still that's also multiple times but anyway Hearing all these words, which they spoke aloud because they did not know that he understood Hebrew, Yosef bade his son Manasseh to make haste and gather all the inhabitants of Mitzrayim, all the valiant men, and let them come back to him on horseback and on foot. Meantime, Naphtali had gone quickly to execute Yehuda's bidding, for he was as swift as the nimble heart. He could run across a field of corn without breaking an ear think about that cornfield dart through the whole thing without breaking an ear of corn that's how quick he was and he returned and reported to the city of mitraim or that the city of mitraim was divided into 12 quarters how fitting is that 12 quarters 12 brothers it says, And he returned and reported that Yehuda bade his brethren destroy the city he himself undertook to raise three quarters, and he assigned the nine remaining quarters to the brothers, one quarter each. In the meantime, Manasseh had assembled a great army, 500 mounted men and 10,000 on foot among them 400 valiant heroes who could fight without spear or sword, using only their strong unarmed hands. To inspire his brethren with more terror, Yosef ordered them to make loud noise with all sorts of instruments, and their appearance and the hubbub they produced did indeed cause fear to fall upon some of the brethren of Yosef. Yehuda, however, called to them, Why are you terrified, seeing that God grants us his mercy? He drew his sword and uttered a wild cry and threw all the people into consternation. And in their disordered flight, many fell over each other and perished. And Yehuda and his brethren followed after the fleeing people as far as the house of Paro. Returning to Joseph, Yehuda again broke out in loud roars and these reverberations— caused by his cries, were so mighty that all the city walls in Mitzrayim and in Goshen fell in ruins. The pregnant women brought forth untimely births, and Pharaoh was flung from his throne. Yehuda's cries were heard at a great distance as far off as Sukkot. And when Pharaoh learnt the reason of the mighty uproar, He sent word to Yosef that he would have to concede the demands of the Hebrews, else the land would suffer destruction. Pharaoh was like, Yosef, give it up. (laughs) Which, by the way, Sukkot was the first stop we made uh, once we left Mitzrayim. So that's pretty cool. He says, you can take your choice were the words of Pyro between me and the Hebrews, between Egypt and the land of the Hebrews. If you will not heed my command, then leave me and go with them into their land. Like bro, get out. So that concludes this section of Legends of the Jews, but lots of good nuggets in there. Doesn't all have to be literal, but definitely beautiful allegorical pictures. If you believe everything the Midrash says, you're crazy but also if you don't believe everything the midrash says you're a heretic so it's just kind of like where do you fall within that right but i would like to shout out each pela may he live and be well he brought this down he was saying you know i'd like to think of these uh shows of uh, these feats that they did were throwing the stones in the air and sh- turning things into dust and all this kind of stuff is like sharing halakhic points and the iron sharpening iron of you know the debate and the discussion so when you read in the talmud like the way the rabbis go back and forth that's like this huge battle and it's like you think that they're like upset with each other sometimes the way they're like well so-and-so disagrees and it's just like whoa whoa wait what but in the end, there's a place where you bring it together. You bring it to Shalom. There's a concept that says these and these are the words of Hashem. The Torah and all its paths are pleasant. It's all its paths are peace. And ultimately, this is why when you look at the result of all of this, Yosef seeing the brokenness and the change in his brothers, he he revealed himself. And it was this dumbfounding moment where I'm um, Yosef is my father alive. And they're like, what, you know, and Manasseh and Ephraim get to meet their uncles. <laughs> Asinat gets to meet her brother-in-laws. Egypt gets to learn about Yosef is actually Jewish and he's one of the 12 sons of Jacob. Like, what is this? You know? And, so all of this is to lead to a place of oneness and so that's why when you just kind of look at you know being able to conversate and dialogue back and forth you know this is what you know this is what i know this is what we're both learning like getting this whole thing going it's it's bringing about this beautiful uh Shem anyway beautiful revelation and bringing us to a place where we can ultimately walk in unity And this is really what we're looking forward to in the final redemption, because all of the 70 nations, together with Israel, will be reunited under one banner. The whole entire world will sing the praises and the glory of Hashem. Oh, what a day that'll be. And we have a crucial job right now to bring that into a reality. So what is your superpower? And what are you doing with it? Mashiach now.